She is a princess, isn't she? Well, since today is uh, Good Shepherd Sunday, I've got a little sheep humor to share with you. Why was the sheep arrested on the freeway? Because she did a U-turn. Oh, it gets better. What did the cloned sheep say to the other sheep? Uh, Well, that could be. I am you. Well, the last joke, or maybe the last two jokes, we're pretty sorry, uh, but they're great reminders of us, to us this morning, based on our scripture readings, that we are you, that you are a you, that you are a sheep, that God has made you a sheep in His flock, and He is your good shepherd. We hear these texts read, and they remind us of so many things, especially the 23rd Psalm. As we hear it, it takes us to different places. Uh, I think probably every funeral I've ever preached, we have used the 23rd Psalm. Probably every hospital visit that I've been on, we've looked at Psalm 23. And in your life, you have experiences, you have memories of that Psalm. The same thing would be true of John chapter 10 and just the beautiful imagery that is there. And it reminds us that As sheep, there are some incredible benefits that God has given to us as sheep. The first one of those Jesus mentions, and by the way, He's gathered uh, several uh, different groups of people there. The Pharisees are there, and if you remember, they are the religious leaders who tend to be overly legalistic. They are really focused on obeying the law and trying to keep the law so that the Messiah would come. If they could be good enough, and if they could be pure enough, then He would come. And as long as they had people who were not obeying the law, and people who were doing things they shouldn't be doing, then the Messiah would never come. And so they looked out, they thought they were the the lifeguards of their own religion, and that they could go and make sure that everybody was cleaned up and doing the right thing. And so many of them were leading people astray. And Jesus stood before them time and time again, and wanted them to understand who He was and that He was sent from God. He was God in flesh. He was the Messiah that they had been looking for all along. But even more specifically, Jesus talks about them, uh, to them about being a good shepherd. And they had in their minds everything they needed to know about sheep and shepherds. This was their life. And it went back thousands of years Uh, within their own families and within their own religion. These were people who knew all about sheep and shepherds. And certainly they knew the difference between a good shepherd and a bad shepherd. And so Jesus begins to talk to them about some of these benefits of having a good shepherd. And the first one He mentions is that the shepherd knows us. Jesus talks about the hired hand. And if you look at the Scripture, it's printed for you on the back of the bulletin, or if you have your Bible, in John chapter 10, verses 11 through 18, Jesus just begins with, I am the good shepherd. And then in verse 12, He says, The hired hand, who is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and runs away. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. Uh, at night time, sometimes they would take the sheep and put them in a pen, and if the shepherd had something else he needed to be doing or needed to take a break, then they would have a hired hand come and watch after those sheep. But the hired hand did, did not really know the sheep. Any good shepherd would be able to tell which sheep was which, would know 
what they did, what their tendencies were, what their personalities were like. And even though they all look like white cotton balls, uh, the shepherd could look out there and pick out which one was which. I mean, that's what a good shepherd would do. The hired hand did not have that concept at all, did not have any kind of understanding. It was just a group of sheep. And the hired hand really didn't care as much as the shepherd did. But the shepherd knew the sheep. And this is what Jesus is telling them. And He's trying to make a distinction between Him coming into the world and those who are there who were stewards of this religion. Jesus said, I I think you have missed it. You have become the hired hand. So Jesus says that He is the good shepherd. He is not like that at all because He knows His sheep. And He says the good shepherd lays down His life for the sheep. Uh, The hired hand runs away because a hired hand does not care for the sheep. I know my own sheep and my own know me. There is this idea of relationship Jesus is describing between uh, the shepherd and the sheep. And He says this is the kind of knowledge that God has with you. That God knows everything about you and God knows you intimately. God is not only your shepherd, He is your Creator. And I love the way that He talks about others that He loves and cares for. In verse 16, He says, I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to My voice. So Jesus is talking about quite a large flock of sheep. That really, there are no limits to the number of sheep that He knows and that He continues to look after. It's just a great reminder of how it is that God knows us. There is a just as here in verse 15. Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd, I know my own, my own know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. Again, the idea of a relationship. Jesus is saying, I know the Father. And over in John 15, Jesus talks about this same kind of divine union where He says, Uh, I am the vine, you are the branches. And He talks about being one with the Father. And He talks about them being able to be one with the Father all through Jesus, the vine. Jesus just continues to drive this point home with them. It's about a relationship. It's about this divine understanding, this divine union that humans can have with God. That sheep can have with their shepherd. And so I just try to imagine what it was like for those people there in the crowd to hear this. For the Pharisees who were thinking, no, 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 that that can't be. You're, You're not the good shepherd. You're not the one that we're looking for. But for other people in the crowd who began to think, wow, maybe God does know me. Maybe this God that I thought was so beyond me and so distant and so busy with other things in the universe might actually care about me. Because Jesus cares about me, and He's saying He's the Good Shepherd. He healed my brother. Or He uh, made this lame guy begin to walk. And He touched a leper and made the leper uh, just completely well. Maybe He is the Good Shepherd. Maybe God knows me after all. Because He continues to talk about things that matter to me. I read a story this past week uh, by Mrs. Thelma Jenkins. I'm not sure who Thelma is, but I saw this article. It says, Once upon a time I took a copy of my book, A Breath of Fresh Air, to show a farmer. I wanted to show him the photograph in the book of the field with the sheep and the lambs. 
He was out at the time, but I spoke to his wife. And when I returned to my cottage, I realized that I had not said that the photograph was of their field. To my mind, it could have been a field anywhere in Wales. The next days, as I was passing the farm, I called in again. This time, the farmer himself was there. And I said, I forgot to mention to your wife that it was your field, although I expect you were aware of that. Oh yes, he replied, I recognized the use. And that photo was not taken this year, it was several years ago. I said, yes it was, I believe I took it three or four years ago. Yes, he said, and pointing to the sheep, he said, that one has gone, and that one, and that one. It was amazing to me that he should recognize ewes that he had owned so long ago. When he said that he knew all the ewes that he owned at the present time, I asked him how many that would be. He thought for a moment and said, with the new ones, about 600. He told me that he could recognize them by their habits, where they fed in the field, and so on. And added that all the lambs in that particular field were twins. And then she says, Need I say that the words that sprang into my mind immediately were those spoken by our Lord in John chapter 10, verse 14 and 27. Just as that farmer could identify and knew all of those sheep all the way back several years ago, so God knows all of His sheep. God knows every one of us. And that is one of the benefits that we can know today that God knows all about us. He knows all about you. And that may be a little discomforting at times as you think about there's nothing I can do that is hidden from God. I might be able to for a while fool myself into thinking that I'm covering up the things that I don't want God to see. But He knows all about me. He knows all about you. But it's even more positive than that. God loves you. He sees you. He knows you. He knows all of your needs. He knows your habits. He knows what fields you like to feed in. He knows everything. And that gives you infinite worth, doesn't it? To know that God is aware of everything that's going on in your life. Every emotion, every need, every problem, every difficulty, every challenge. He is completely aware of them. And as you go to work tomorrow, as you go back to school, as you go back to the things that you do during the week, remember that God knows you. But another great benefit is that God allows us to know Him. And this is what Jesus mentioned here. And you can get a feel for this in the language. Uh, the, the hired hand, He doesn't know and He certainly doesn't care. But He says in verse 14, I am the good shepherd, I know my own, and my own know me. They know me. Jesus says, I, I can walk into a pen and uh, the sheep will come as a good shepherd. People know my voice and they will come and they will follow me. And not only those who are here, but those who are far away, I can call to them and they will listen. Jesus says, they know my voice. And I don't know a whole lot about sheep, although uh, I would like to get a couple. I, I really would like to get a, a pig uh, but G, uh, Jenny uh, will not allow me. Actually, a monkey. I've talked about getting a monkey. And she just said, no way. And she's convinced, and rightly so, that if I ever see one for sale, I'm going to buy a monkey. <laughs> Put it in one of those diapers, and it would just be great. I'm not sure where I was going with all of that. But if I ever did get sheep, one of the things that people talk about with sheep, and maybe you've had some sheep or you've had goats or whatever, you, you know that they can identify your voice. 
That sheep, you, if you go out to a herd of uh, a flock of sheep and you call out to them and you're not the shepherd, chances are they're not even going to turn around. But if you are the shepherd, the one that they know, and the one that knows them, and he goes out to call that flock, they will turn around and instantly come to where he is. That's just how they are. There is that relationship. They know him and they follow him. And what Jesus wanted those religious leaders and everyone listening, and even us today, to know is that we can know him. God has not hidden himself. He's not a distant shepherd who stands behind the the rocks and, and directs us to different fields. He's not that kind of God at all. And David discovered that in this Psalm 23 that we've heard in so many different ways today. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, He's there. I mean, He's right there in the middle of the valley with me. I can know Him in the valley. His rod and His staff, I know them. They direct me, but they also lead me and and, and protect me as I go. He even prepares a table for me in the presence of my enemies. Surely, His goodness and mercy, it's going to follow me forever because I know Him. I can say all of these things about God my shepherd because I know Him, David says. And we can know Him too. Dallas Willard said, The Lord is my shepherd is written on many more tombstones than lives. Isn't that true? And even if we're still alive, we tend to think of it's just something that we would need to know or to comfort someone with at the time of death. But really, it's intended for us to live. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Do you know the shepherd? God has allowed you to know Him. He has provided you with every opportunity. And one of the things that we need to work on the most is to develop our sense of awareness. I mentioned earlier how busy we are, how overstimulated we are by data and uh, tweets and posts and occasionally real mail and our jobs and schedules and all kinds of things. It is non-stop. And in the midst of all of that, we find this great challenge to stop and be aware. Maybe it's walking outside and you see a beautiful bird that's outside that uh, is just so full of color. Or it is so unique. Or the sound of it. We have a mockingbird that has been out on a light pole in front of our house and it is just the most beautiful sound coming from that bird. Just all kinds of, of beautiful songs. And you just look at that and think, how incredible is God? I can know something about God through what I see in that bird. I can know something about God through what I see in a child who's reciting the 23rd Psalm. I can know something about God by going to a block party and and, uh, sharing a hot dog with someone. I'm not sure God is in that, but we we can experience the reality of God. How is it that we can know Him? Well, it comes from hearing. The sheep had to learn to hear the voice of the shepherd. And we need to do that as well. You are hearing today the, this Scripture, the, these words of God. You're hearing it. And we need to get in, in places where we can do that. If it's a, an adult Bible study that we have on Sunday mornings, or if it's something that's going on during the week, maybe it's the devotional at the Highland uh, Blessing meal that takes place on Thursdays, or maybe it's on the radio, or maybe it is as you are opening up your Bible 
in the early hours of the day and you're just reading a few scripture. That is hearing the voice of the shepherd. But it is also listening. And as you know, there is a great difference between hearing and listening. It is learning to tune in to the voice of God. That's why we do silent prayer here every week. Because it is so important for us to listen. And I think the best way to listen is in silence. I think the way that, that God speaks the best is through silence. Just try it. Try it this week. Spend five minutes, ten minutes, twenty minutes in silence. And see what God will say to you. But it also comes, we, we, we know Him by following His voice. The sheep learn to trust the shepherd. They begin following wherever He leads. And they think, well, this is good. I'm going to follow Him because He always leads me to the best grass. He always leads me to the place where I'm going to get a drink of water. He always nourishes me and sustains me. It's good. And I want to dwell there forever. And so we follow. The best way for you to get out and, and, and just experience the reality of God's presence and love is to follow. Take one step after another and you will begin to find uh, a stronger voice of God in your life. I don't know what that is for you. Maybe it's something God has called you to do right here in this church. Maybe it's something He's called you to do at work. Maybe it's something you need to say or something you don't need to say. But if you'll take that one step of following, you will find God's voice becoming more and more clear to you. Well, finally, I, I, one of the uh, greatest benefits that's mentioned here is that He protects us. The Good Shepherd protects us. Jesus just starts out with this as he talks about shepherd. He says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. What kind of a shepherd is that? A shepherd's not supposed to lay down his life for the sheep. He's supposed to be out there and using his rod and his staff to beat away the wolves and, and protect the flock. If he dies, what's going to happen to the flock? But Jesus says, that's not the kind of shepherd that I am. He lays down his life for the sheep. And then throughout this passage, you can just see, he mentions it several times. He says, I lay down my life for the sheep. I'm not talking about just some metaphor. I'm not talking about uh, someone who uh, you're never going to meet. I'm talking about me, Jesus says. I'm going to lay down my life for you. And I'm sure he looked right into the eyes of those Pharisees and Sadducees and all those other C's and looked out at them and I'm going to lay down my life for you, because that's the kind of shepherd I am. And then verse 17, I lay down my life in order to take it up again. And he talks about having that power to do so. I can lay down my life, but I can pick it up again. And that's all about life, and it's all about protection and love. And this is what he is doing, and this is what he is saying that he will do, the kind of care he gives. A lady named Kitty Anderson wrote about the stubbornness of sheep. And she says, Jerry, whose parents own a sheep farm, frequently took a few days off from work every spring to look for sheep. I asked why he would have to look for sheep. Don't they know how to get home? He told me that whenever a pregnant ewe goes into labor, she immediately sits down. But if she is facing downhill when she sits, she will stay in that direction, fighting against gravity to push the lamb out of the womb. Never thought I'd say that word in church. If no one helps her, she will die in that position rather than simply turn around. 
Jerry said every night his family has to carefully count the pregnant sheep. When even one ewe is missing, the whole family goes out to search for her. They either bring her home or stay with her until her labor is over. If the weather is harsh, they have to build a shelter around her while using their bodies to keep her warm. Kitty says, I'm like that stubborn animal. I face trials with the attitude that I will conquer the obstacle myself. All I have to do is stop for a minute, look at my shepherd, and I will discover that I can solve my problem by simply turning around. God has a simple solution already prepared for me. I am not the solution maker. My shepherd is. I love that image that is there of protection. How they go out, they look for the pregnant sheep, they look for those that are in need, and they wrap their bodies around them to keep them warm. And as I think about Psalm 23 and John 10, and hearing these words about Jesus laying down His life, I think about how much more our Good Shepherd has done for us. He sees us in distress, He sees us when we are in times of trial and challenge, and He comes and wraps His arms around us, bringing to us the very presence of God to support us and turn us around and lead us in the way that we're to go. Yes, we have a Good Shepherd who laid down His life for us. What love the Shepherd has for us. I hope you'll know as you go into this week that God loves you deeply. The hired hands, Jesus mentions, they just really don't care. But Jesus does. He cares for you deeply. doesn't matter what you're going through. I mean, it, it doesn't matter what kind of mess you may have created for yourself or one that others created for you. Know this. He cares for you deeply. I would like for us to recite the Lord's Prayer uh, as, I'm sorry, Psalm 23 as we conclude today.